Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. This is Premier League Daily, a brand new Premier League podcast every single day during the Premier League season. Thanks for joining us and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a show. Loads to go out today. I've got Niall here. Hello, Jim. Stefan here. Now. Steve's over there. Morning. I'm Jim and we're going to be speaking about Marco Anatovic has gone and it's good riddance. Pogba mm. is going and it's good riddance. <laughs> and Stephen Gerrard may be coming to Newcastle, but the Geordies don't really seem to want him very much. All that and a load more coming up on today's podcast. We're going to start with Steve, though, because he's getting a little bit giddy about a result he's literally just seen online. So Steve, as you probably know by now, is a uh, European Cup winner's Liverpool fan. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) And uh, go on, tell us about the result you've just spotted on social media. Okay, now what we had to do with the lads is we had to check the authenticity of this before (laughs) we we went on there to verify so we didn't look like... a gang of pricks like and you know but uh, <laughs> basically uh, here's the headlines uh, so Caro Bangy Sharks wins the Sport Pisa trophy after beating Everton 4-3 at penalty they become the first Kenyan team to win a match against the Premier League team hashtag Everton in Kenya we'll put this into context the Karabangi Sharks came ninth in the uh, Kenyan Premier League the KPL of 18 teams which also includes in 11th place AFC Leopards <laughs> they're like their animals in Kenyan football don't they Leopards Sharks have we got any other animals in that the league that is a shocker you create a trophy that Everton can not win <laughs> and get beat on penalties was it, was it one of those basic, it's pre-season obviously so yeah. they're just getting back they're not at full fitness but is it one of those kind of sponsors Led competitions oh, I think where, so, yeah, yeah. Crikey. Just to get a bit of that, their hands on a bit of silverware and uh, they managed to bolt it up. <laughs> Carrier Bangy Sharks, that's our new team. That's, that's our, our new Kenyan team, team. that's yeah. our adopted okay. 
podcast Kenyan football team. Definitely. The official sports social football team is the Sharks. <laughs> I like that. Right, let's move on to some proper football news and kicking off with Marco Anatovic, who has finally left mm. West Ham United. I loved West Ham's official statement on this. They pushed onto their website. Normally, you get kind of a statement that goes, we'd like to thank Marco Anatovic for his time at the club, etc., etc. 45 words was the official statement. I can read the whole thing to you. West Ham United can confirm that Marco Anatovic has joined Chinese Super League champions Shanghai SIPG for an undisclosed fee. The 30-year-old Austrian departs after two seasons at the London Stadium during which he scored 22 goals in 65 appearances in Claret and Blue. And that's it. No, thank you for your time. No, <laughs> um, no, any of any sentiment of any kind. It is yeah. good riddance for West Ham, yeah. and they yeah. are best off without him, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, the, the guy's always had a major attitude problem. I think. I think he th- he thought he was better than he actually was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think initially he did make an impact in that West Ham team, but I think. There's players that will provide more value, commitment, and, and loyalty, and it's the age-old story where he's had an agency, uh, an agent, sorry, behind the scenes who has been uh, stirred in the pot, should we say? So I think, yeah, good riddance. I'm assuming that you hammers are happy without him, and I think the Premier League's no worse off without no. him. And yeah, whatever. Like, I think he's one of those really. players that it was time for him to mm. leave the club. When you start making the noises that he's been making over the last six months, all that can happen from that situation is the player eventually leaves. We saw it, saw it at Soaks. Stoke City when he mm. came to West Ham we saw it at uh, Bremen in Germany before that it was yeah. very similar very disruptive and from what I'm hearing from inside the club there's a lot of shenanigans that haven't been reported ah, that right. are going to come out over the next few weeks oh, and how disruptive he was I think his days were numbered anyway at West Ham just purely because of the way he dealt with the whole situation in January I think he was convinced that they were going to buy him out of his yeah. contract in January and that never materialised and I think because of that, the club kind of had to save face in a way and sign him to a new contract. And mm-hmm. I think the Wolves would have been out after him if he hadn't have done that. Mm. Because you just know when a player doesn't want to be at your club. You were talking on the last podcast that we were discussing about Mavericks at West Ham, you know, Decanio, Dimitri Payet. But those two players would be considered not maybe not Payet as a legend, but certainly Decanio. But they'll be looked back on with fondness by West Ham fans. Arnautovic won't be looked back on with fondness by West Ham. I don't think he's contributed anywhere no, near. No one's well, I mean, gonna. Uh, no one's. He's more likely to get booed when he comes back. Payet, yeah. if he came back with Marseille in a European game or friendly or something, I don't think Payet would get booed. Well, interestingly, there was talk a couple of weeks ago about Payet maybe coming back to West Ham and a potential transfer mm. from Marseille back to West Ham, and it was kind of fifty-fifty with the fans. And I don't think Arnautovic will get anywhere near that, even no. in twelve months' no. time when he's done his stint in China and realised that. It's not his dream move. I think there's no arguing he's a bit of a player around Altovic. And he came yeah. from Stoke with a good reputation as being a good and player. And cost big money as well. Yeah, big money, yeah. But He's not as good as he thinks he is, is he? No, let's, let's no, no, no. He's, he's definitely not a De Canio. Um And if you don't want to be of a club, get rid of him. It's telling that he's gone for £22.5 million, I think the fee is. And mm, yeah. that is the only interest that's six months ago we were talking about United being interested in but that's gone away and I think it's the attitude of the player you just it puts clubs off you don't want that disruptive player in your dressing room and like we were saying before you know you wouldn't you would kind of make an exception for someone of that ilk if they won you games Mm. Arnautovic doesn't win West Ham enough football matches to warrant the way that he's been behaving in terms of trying to uh, harangue the club for a transfer harangue his agent to get him out of the club it's worked West Ham can now focus on other targets I mean Maxi Gomez looks more promising now it looks like West Ham have pulled ahead of Valencia in the race to sign him the, the Delta Vigo striker so that's exciting news although 50 million quid is uh, is, is a fair bit of money yeah, even, even, even for West Ham 
West Ham. For a know. player I had um, not heard of exactly, six months ago. Exactly. And I think Stefan made a good point earlier on saying that no one else seems to be in for him. So no. what does that tell you about that guy? Jim, you said Valencia might might want to be in for him, but nobody else from the Premier League is no. really talking about him. So but at the same time, he scored 15 goals for Celta Vigo last season in a team that almost got relegated um, from La Liga. 15 goals for a relegation. Without, without him, they would have gone down. Let's, yeah, let's make this return, bluntly no. clear. Without mm. him... Felter would have been relegated quite comfortably. They're, they're not a good team. They're we're, not a good team. The way I see those, so they, they, um, they've um, bought Arnautovic for 20 million and selling them off for 22 million. So that's a good bit of business. To then spend 45 mil up to 50 mil, I think that could be a bad business if it goes wrong. You've got to look at the money they've also saved in wages with not only Arnautovic, though, also Andy Carroll, who left the club in the yeah. summer, both mm. in the region of £100,000 a week yeah. each of them get. So, so really, you know, if our maths, our Spartan maths is any good, really, <laughs> about 22 to 25 million is what they're going to pay for Gomez yeah. with the money they've recouped from the Arnautovic a, I think there's a bit of a sell-on. Stoke get a bit of cash for Arnautovic as well. Or something, it's not going to be a great deal. Yeah. But, I mean, it'll be on profit but, as well. I mean, it's not 50 million... As it looks on the face of it, I think maybe it's probably a little bit less with the money yeah. that, that West Ham have saved. But West Ham seem to have this, I don't know whether it's those at the top of the club, the Golden Sullivan of this world, but they, they like a romantic signing, don't they? Oh, yeah. they, like, they like a bargain They like, they like well. a Roy of the Rovers kind of, oh, yeah. we've picked him out and of speaking Sunday of which, League and he scored 20 goals for us. You I'd know. be all over Mario Balotelli. There's a nutcase void in East London at the moment <laughs> now. Arnautovic has gone. And Balotelli, free transfer, what is he, 29 Scored loads of goals over the last two seasons. I'd take a chance on Balotelli. He's done well Premier League experience yeah. as well. Yeah. I think yeah. that'd well be a great signing, hasn't he? For the, for the teams he's played for in that yeah. league, he's, he's scored goals. But that, that seems to me like to be a typical West Ham signing. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> like Balotelli coming back to the Premier League. I didn't know Marseille put him available for a free. I think he, I think it's the end of his contract. So he's gone. So he's oh, now without a club. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that'd be worth taking would, a punt on that. Would Liverpool take him back? <laughs> no, we just wouldn't get in that team now, would he? <laughs> he's only twenty-eight as well, Balotelli. Yeah, but he's not going to get into the Liverpool team. The whole Everton Arnelton. can do with him. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the Sharks can sign him. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a, a whole issue here with the Arnautovic thing, and it's something we've seen developing in football over the last couple of seasons. And it's the question around player power. Mm. And the one thing that concerns me for West Ham with Arnautovic forcing this move which he has done yeah. is how that is going to look for other players because West Ham are a club that are often seen as a stepping stone yeah. and you've got players like Doip who is of interest to Manchester United mm. you've got Declan Rice obviously who is of interest to Manchester City of reports to be believed if they're there in that club thinking hang on I can engineer a move here I can get my own way all I have to do is throw my toys at the pram mm. what kind of message does that send? I think it's hard for West Ham because I think they are trying to transition from being the club you described there, the stepping stone club, into a club that can challenge for the Europa League places every season. Yeah. And that's where West Ham need to be aiming. I think they seem to be stuck at the moment in finishing a, anywhere between 10th and 14th. Mm. And they just can't seem to get anywhere above yeah. uh, you know, 10th and they might get to 8th one season. But they, they need to get into the Europa League two or three seasons in a row. And I think that's what the owners are looking to do. Maybe make that investment and make sure that with you know the new it's still a new stadium, isn't it? It's a new brand identity. The badge looks different. And all of these things, they're small things, but they are oh, trying to... That brand identity oh. just made me shiver a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what, though? They are trying to develop West Ham yeah, into yeah. something, yeah. That, That's like but, death to the Berlin ground. Yeah, that is, yeah, yeah, but, you is. know, we talked about it on the podcast last week um, when we said that we talked about that little mini-league of Wolves, um, Watford Leicester. and Everton mm-hmm. and, and Leicester. And, and West Ham have got to be cracking that because it's all there for West Ham. And, like, you know, the stadium is, is big. They're getting good numbers coming Biggest in. Biggest stadium in London now. Yeah, there's, 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 well, outside of Wembley. There's, there's money to spend, you know, on... On, on the squad mm. um, I think they've got a manager who is a really good fit for them so it, it's all there for the taking for West Ham I think and they're a difficult game on the day so you know watch this space with West Ham fingers crossed from my point of view uh, speaking of 
players throwing their toys at the pram. Oh, Paul Pogba has been throwing his toys at the pram seemingly constantly since joining Manchester United. Mm. Supposedly, he didn't turn up at pre-season training last week, which some people have oh, seen as a sign that he might be on his way out. But at the same time, he played a lot of football last season and it could be that he's just been giving an extra week off. Played more games for United than any other Manchester United player. But the interesting comments from his agent, Mino Riola, over the weekend... Good old Mino. Let me read you what he said and get your reaction to this. So he said, Everyone knows the willingness of Paul to move on. We are in the process of that. Everyone knows what the feelings of Paul are. Everyone within the club, from the manager to the owner, knows Paul's wishes. Do you know, do you know what Mino Riola's done there? He's gone to BP and filled up a jerry can full of fuel <laughs> and just launched it all over the situation and it's just blown up. That's what Mino Raiola does. Yeah. He's a crafty agent. He did the same with Matisse Delict at Ajax. Matisse Delict would have said to Mino Raiola, his agent, I want to play with my idol Ronaldo at Juventus. So, all right, okay, brilliant. I know where you're going to go, but first I'm going to stoke interest from PSG. I'm going to stoke interest from Barcelona. I'm going to stoke interest from Manchester United, Manchester City. Get all the big players involved, drive the price up and get the yeah. best fee well, I have, possibly Haven't they can. already agreed personal terms for Delict, but they've not agreed a transfer fee because he's, he's agent, holding up on it. He, he, he wants the cash. That's what agents do. They, they get the slice of the cash. It's a shame there's not a webcam in here because I'm making it rain with dollars on the top <laughs> yeah. about me. The, the agent wants around 11 million for it, doesn't he? I mean, that, that's, that, and that's that's a massive problem. Didn't, didn't he get like 30, 40 million pounds from Pogba's transfer to yeah. United? Yeah. That was the agent's yeah. oh, fee. The agent's fee was amazing. thirty million. He made quid. enough money. Jim, you it? made the point of the player power uh, earlier on talking about West Ham, and I think you're right to a certain degree. Um, I think the, the power really is in with the agents. Agent power, sure. Yeah. Well, they need they need their players to move. That's how they make their money. And going back to the Arnautovic situation, Arnautovic's agent is his brother. Yeah, he's got oh, one God. client. His client is Marco Arnautovic. Mm. So he needs that player to move on for a big deal every two years because yeah. that's when he gets paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which yeah. is a really dangerous situation. But yeah. you're right; it's completely the agents that are driving this. And is it genuinely that Pogba is moving, or is it that? there's a play to try and get a new contract out of United. What's the end do, game? Do you not get the feeling that Pogba's he's, he's not really liked by Man United fans? We've spoken That's about it. this so many That's times. Thing, and yeah. Pogba seems to me, I don't want to say immature, but he seems to me to be a player who needs to be loved. Yes. In that French national team, he's loved. He is the man. And Man United... People here in Manchester, they're just a bit fed up with him. Do you know what? I think that's a really good point, and that's why I slightly disagree with the way you teed it up as, as saying he's been throwing his toys out of the pram. I don't think Paul Pogba has been throwing his toys out of the pram. I've not seen anything but the from comments Paul Pogba. he made. The, the comments he makes, he, he says some stupid stuff. Mm. I don't think that's throwing his toys out of the pram. The people that are throwing their toys out of the pram are the Manchester United supporters. Because they're not getting enough out of the player they paid £90 million for. The team's stuck in a rut, finishing sixth, not playing good football. And I think the United fans, they're looking for someone to blame. It's almost like a scapegoat. They need someone to beat with a stick. But because Pogba is that marquee, that flagship signing, and I've said it before on this podcast, usually your flagship signing or your star player isn't a central midfielder. Mm. It's a striker or a wide man, someone who's going to score your goals, Mm. Messi, Ronaldo, the player that's going to win you games. It's so hard to win a football match from central midfield. So hard. You only have to look at that United team and the players that are getting criticism in there to see that there is a certain amount of United fans looking for yeah. an excuse. Lingard's getting it. 
Pogba's they're getting, getting it. Rashford's getting it. They're all it. getting pelters from social media all over the place. But I think Stefan's dead right in, in what he says. Paul Pogba needs to be appreciated and he needs to be loved. At the moment, you, Manchester United fans aren't showing him the love so because they, the, they don't think that he's doing do, well does enough. Does he just need to go then? Because sometimes it's like a disruptive relationship. You know when you get to the end of a relationship, yeah, you're like, yeah. there's no fixing this. I might as well yeah. get out. I'm going. <laughs> it, I, I don't know what you're on about, Jim. <laughs> yeah. But also, I think a big thing for Pogba as well is is that will he be enthused by the type of players Man United are trying to sign this summer? Mm-hmm. Is, no. is that going to match his ambition? No, definitely not. Because at, at the end of last season, Solskjaer was making this kind of sounds like saying we're going to make massive changes here. A lot of dead weight is going to be moved out of the club and we're going to bring in a lot of great players. So far, they've not really moved anybody out of the club apart from Herrera. Uh, so a lot of players there, like Ashley Young, for example, yeah. they're still kicking about mm. and only two players have come in, both, to be honest, haven't really been proven yet. Did you see Solskjaer's comments over the weekend about his vision for Manchester United and he was talking about the future of the club and he was saying the right things he was talking about how he wanted to instill the kind of squad mentality that he had when when Giggsy was here and he says in his own voice (laughs) and all that kind of thing but which he was saying the right things but at the same time I was looking at it going this is the ghost of Sir Alex Ferguson yeah. at Old Trafford, which they need to get rid of if they're yeah. going to move on. It's this idea like that they can recapture that yeah. 99... The best thing that Solskjaer has done so far this season is give all the new coaching staff great nicknames. I love it when he says <laughs> Mick Phelan. I just love it. I love it. I think you're right. I think we've said, like we said so many times, the same things, and I don't think anything's changed in the, the month and a half since the season ended to now. I, I think the spectre of Sir Alex Ferguson hangs over that football club just purely because he was so successful. Yeah. Mm. 25 years or 26 years, whatever it was, of pure success. And now Manchester United are in the wake of that. And it's almost like they don't really know what to do with themselves. Six years on now. Six years yeah, ago. Yeah. It's yeah, time well, to move on. completed his contract, doesn't he? So. <laughs> just. <laughs> only do you, just. Do you think if Alan Fergie came in today and took the job, do you think he'd be successful? I think he's there. I think, uh, <laughs> I think he's in that club. I think he's pulling strings and he's at training turning up every now and again isn't he so he's still involved yeah, but it's how do you get rid of that though you know that's that's the big challenge yeah. United I, have got. I, I'm not convinced that he actually has that much to do with no. what's going on at Manchester United I just think he's almost made it it's, you know what you said about Rashford the other day he's been a victim of his own success mm. he's come in and he started so well when he first came in back in 2016 or whenever it was hit the ground running and now United fans are expecting him to bang in 25 goals a season um, and he's been a victim of his own yep. good start to his career. I think United at the moment are, are a victim to the success they had in the past because that's their benchmark. For 25 years, they had success. Now they don't. Now that's difficult for United fans to deal with. I think they just want a team that's competitive. At the moment, they're not. And whether getting rid of Pogba is going to help them in that competitive environment and in, in, in that way of being competitive in the Premier League I'm not so sure he's, he's their, he was their best player last season the stats suggest it he's their best player anyway I think he's is, Manchester United's best player aside from the goalkeeper who I think had a bit of a stinking end to the season Paul Pogba is Manchester United's best player if they lose him are they going to be competitive next season not as competitive for me but at the same time it's a rebuilding project and that's what that people need to get a grasp of and that's the great thing about football is it has this cyclical nature that teams don't stay at the top forever. And you know this is a Liverpool fan. So you mm. chase success and then you yeah. think, well, this, there's no way this can possibly change. We can't mm. be challenged. And we think the same about Man City at the moment. They're top of the yeah. pile and who's going to challenge them? Yes. But it, something changes at it some does, point yeah. and it re... Unlike the Spanish league, for example, yeah. it does regenerate itself. Which is why English football is so popular. And so, I mean, Leicester winning the Premier League. I mean, who ever thought that was going to happen? Mm. I saw a, a brilliant article the other day about Roy Hodgson 
And his Why? time. And his time. Why? Uh, taking England up the world wankings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I saw something amazing. Do we need to bleep that or not? I'm not oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I saw a great article about Roy Hodgson and his time at Liverpool. I mean, you think that it was eight years ago, I think, since he was sacked. I mean, it seems like an eternity ago. Mm. But in that eight years, Liverpool have gone from losing to, I can't think they lost to Blackburn. Roy got the sack. Yeah. And, and and some of the players that were turning out for Liverpool, and you think, this is Liverpool Football Club. Yeah, Danny five, Wilson at centre-half. Five times European champions. But now, eight years on, Jurgen Klopp, the, some of the best players in the world, mm. getting close to winning Premier Leagues again, winning the Champions League. Football, like you say, it's a cycle. Things develop, things generate. Sometimes things go downhill, sometimes things go uphill. That's just the way the game is. And I think United maybe are on a downward curve at the moment and they just need to accept that. Going to take a little bit of a break and we'll come back soon and talk about Steven Gerrard at Newcastle and some comments about VAR ahead of it being introduced in the Premier League this season as well. But don't forget, we also have a fantasy Premier League league that you can join if you like a bit of tinker manning over the course of the season. If you do fantasy Premier League, you can get in there, join our league. The code you need is AJR338. AJR338 and we'll give you some fancy football tips throughout the course of the season as well. Right, we're back in a minute with Premier League Daily. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. Welcome back to Premier League Daily. Right, let's talk about Steven Gerrard, the new Newcastle boss, if reports to be believed. So you looked at the news on this this morning, Niall. What's actually happened? Well, it's a Daily Mirror report. Oh, got to be true. So it must be 100% accurate. The Daily Mirror uh, are claiming that the Rangers boss, Steven Gerrard, has rebuffed an approach from Newcastle owner Mike Ashley regarding the vacant managerial position. Now, anyone who, who knows a little bit about football business will know that there is an extremely tarnished relationship between Mike Ashley and Rangers Football Club. Mike Ashley was the shareholder in Rangers Football Club at the time they went mm. bust a few years ago. Sports Direct was uh, heavily involved with, with Rangers FC. You could only buy Rangers shirts through Sports Direct for oh, a no. small amount of time. Uh, it was ridiculous. Ludicrous. Anyway, not one of Mike Ashley's finest moments north of the border. <laughs> I don't think really says something, I, I know, I know. It's <laughs> a really low bar in I the would, first place. I would argue that north of the border, Mike Ashley isn't, well loved, uh, much like in the northeast where he isn't el- well loved, apart from maybe Sunderland supporters. But um, <laughs> he's apparently approached Stephen Gerrard to take over the reins at, at Newcastle, and Stephen Gerrard said, "No thanks, you're right, mate." Which doesn't feel like the kind of player or kind of manager, rather, that Newcastle need. You surely, if anything, at the moment, that club needs an old head, this a kind is, of steady, yeah. experienced manager. Well, this is the paradox because. They've lost Rafa, so the fans are going to probably want someone who's going to be able to come in and, and not have the same firepower as Rafa, I guess is, is the word I'm trying to use. But in terms of prestige, maybe a, a bigger name is, is yeah. what he mm. need, he needs to kind of fill that gap and take less flack from supporters. I think if he went and employed Gary Monk, it's like, well, you've lost Rafa Benitez and we've got Gary Monk, for God's sake. you know. So I think maybe that's an approach that, that, that he was thinking of. And also, Stephen Gerrard will be cheap. Because mm. I think I, I don't think Stephen Gerrard would, would be an expensive manager to bring in. But you know, one season as a manager doesn't matter anymore. Frank Lampard. It doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> I yeah. knew we were going to talk it, about it, Frank it, Lampard yeah. today. Well, of course, of course, it's because Frank Lampard. People saying, and, and there was a really good point made by this. Uh, someone made on this. Why should Frank Lampard and Stephen Gerrard? Why should they have to earn their stripes in League Two and League One? 
and, and the Championship. They've played, Steven Gerrard played in the Premier League his whole career and won the Champions League. Frank Lampard is Chelsea's record scorer, won three but Premier Leagues. that doesn't Leagues, make you a good manager. No, but they only understand the Premier League. Why is, go, why, like for instance, Sol Campbell is managing Macclesfield in League Two. I kind of see your what, argument. What can, what, can he, what can he bring to that club? Okay, he's kept them up in League Two, an amazing achievement. But what I'm trying to say is, why should Frank Lampard, he knows nothing about League Two, League One. He I knows kind of, everything about being the professional football I kind of get legend what you're that saying. he is. And if you're a, like, we, we kind of saw it a little bit of it with Paul Scholes at Oldham that mm. a player of that ability and that skill is going to get frustrated with the lower league players who can't do what yeah. I he think, sees I think what a lot of people do. have been saying about and it's quite quite a really good point in fact is that people like Frank Lampard he's played under Mourinho he's played under Ancelotti yeah. Gerrard's played under fantastic amazing managers uh, Rafa Benitez for one Roy Hodgson so Roy Hodgson <laughs> so I mean these players are going to have learnt an awful lot especially when there are senior figures at their clubs from these managers mm. and so if you're a Newcastle fan and Rafa's going out the door Steven Gerrard's actually probably quite well placed to con- kind of steady the ship and continue it a little w- watching the world's greatest league quite a lot last season the SPL wait <laughs> whoa what's going on here <laughs> I can um, that Rangers team was quite difficult to beat Um there was there were a few inconsistencies, but they were dead stubborn. Played four three three. They were very attacking. They were quick. Uh, and one thing that you always notice is Steven Gerrard stuck up for his players beyond belief. Right. Uh, if you look at um, the striker Morelos, yeah, he got, got sent off five or six times last year. Um, handful, real y- handful. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. And he had his back the whole time. And I think something like that would be pretty good at Newcastle. Newcastle do not need a wet lettuce. No, they need no. somebody who's no. a bit nuts in the head. And I think Steven Gerrard's got a bit of that in him. And he's supposedly rejected the approach. Yeah, anyway. and I think that's purely because he's, he started a project at Rangers, and I think there's more of a project at Rangers. The appeal of that job at Newcastle is limited, surely. Yeah, even I mean, if it's a shot at being a Premier League manager, it, it's, for Stephen Gerrard, it's totally different. With the, you can draw comparisons with the Lampard. I mean, the two players have had comparisons drawn with them their whole careers. Lampard and Gerrard. Well, they can't play together in the England midfield. They can't play. They can't manage together in the Premier League. No, exactly. It's not going to work. It's not going to happen. They can't manage. But I mean, this is the thing. Chelsea legend Frank Lampard, record goal scorer. It's a no-brainer move. It's a no-brainer move with the situation mm. that Chelsea are in transfer embargo. Liverpool, if they came knocking for Steven Gerrard, I'm sure yeah. the situation would be different. That's yeah. not going to happen. Newcastle is a vacancy that's available. Whether it will, it will come off, I'm not so sure. I, I'm not surprised that Gerrard's turned this down. And yes. anybody who's going into the Newcastle manager job as well must be thinking, how long have I actually got this job yeah. before the yeah. club gets sold? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a nightmare. It's not the right job for him, the Newcastle job, because Newcastle... It's it's almost it's imploding Newcastle at the minute, um, you know, because obviously Rafa's gone to China. I, th- I mean, Phil Hudson's going to be spewing about this if he listens to it. Uh, but um, you know, we, I think um, with Rafa going to China, they've obviously um, um, Longstaff has been linked with with United yeah. uh, for fifty million, and, and Longstaff fits the profile of the type of player United are trying to recruit this summer. Uh, Perez has joined Leicester last week for thirty mm. million, and um, and I've seen over the weekend in the press that Rafa wants Rondon at uh, the, the club in, yeah, in China because yeah. he was so successful with him at Newcastle. Suddenly you've it's you've, apart, isn't it? you've lost yeah. four major components of that mm. team, squad, and club, and you can't imagine them getting the money to and, replace and, them. And exactly. I mean, I'm, I think the money knocking around for the club is around three fifty. I mean, again, Phil will be able to correct me on this, but I mean, how much value has been wiped off that club in the last kind of? Ten days. Yeah. If yeah. I was Netflix, I'd be commissioning a new series called oh, Newcastle yeah. Till I Die. <laughs> and seeing what happens. It would be a watch that. The worrying thing for Newcastle fans is I spotted some comments from Kevin Nolan 
over the weekend. Oh, he was defending Mike Ashley. Defended yeah. Mike Ashley. Was said, he sober? He said it wasn't the. <laughs> it wasn't the. Calling him the, Mikey. The, the, fan, the fans can't blame Mike, Mike Ashley for Benitez leaving. He also said that Ashley's intentions to the club are good. That he wanted him to put back on, tr- put them back on track. Is that Kevin Nolan posturing? No, I, think, I mean, gig? I think Kevin Nolan and Andy Carroll have been on the piss again. To be perfectly <laughs> yeah, honest, yeah, In, yeah. Intentions. I mean, I tend, I intend to get up at six a.m. every morning and go for a jog, but I don't. Mm. You know, what I mean, this Kevin, is a man who was sacked by Notts County. Yeah, so he's already and got a black and white tie, well. probably. <laughs> yeah. Savings yeah. there already. The black yeah, exactly, and white tie. Yeah, yeah, and the O's as well. But I think, um, ah, you know, what Kevin Nolan's such a bizarre shout. You wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise you. <laughs> Mike Ashley. It did just it. made a lot of sense when I saw uh, it. Yeah, you just think actually, you know, if he's Bring close with Ashley, you know, it's it, it's a crazy world, and, and Newcastle is is a minefield at the minute. Steve uh, Bruce's manager. Kevin Nolan is his number two. There we go. You heard it here first. Right, let's wrap up and talk about VAR because there's been loads more comments and controversy around VAR over the last few weeks. In the World Cup, Copper America as well, we saw some fairly dubious decisions. It is coming to the Premier League this season and the concerns people have around it are only going to be increased by Mike Riley's comments over the last 24 hours. What did he say? So Mike Riley is the uh, general manager of the professional game match officials limited or as you would read in the tabloids the refereeing boss would probably be the other term for that so he said i mean he's basically said that his quote is we don't want var to come in and try and re-ref the game what we actually want to do is protect referees from making serious errors and ones where everyone goes well actually that's wrong if we keep to that really high bar there is more chance of keeping the flow of the game and the intensity of the game so he's saying it should be used sparingly which is fine that's what everyone's been arguing with then he said var is still a work in progress it's going to take us two to three years to get this right oh and do it in three years time yeah exactly why are we introducing something that the guy who's leading the charge for its introduction is going we don't know what we're doing with this yet. We I, haven't quite worked it out. It's I hate bullshit. it. I hate it. I fucking hate VAR. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's the pinnacle nightmare. of a downfall of society, VAR. <laughs> it's bollocks. Honestly, it's, it's, it's ruining the game that everybody loves. I, I totally get it, but f- football wasn't meant to be about perfection. No. Football's never been about perfection. It's never been about that. It's never been about being half a millimetre offside to gain an advantage. Yeah. No one has ever been half a millimetre or half a centimetre offside and people have said, oh, he, he was offside. He should never have stood. It's, mm. for, uh, it's for when you're two yards offside and you get clean through and the lino's had a shocker and you've missed it and they score and it knocks you out of the FA Cup semi-final. You know, and you're a, you're a smaller club that's maybe never been to a cup final. That's what VAR is meant for. It's not for stupid microscopic mm. incidents that are constantly being rewound and replayed. The whole point was it's got to be a clear and obvious error. The reason there were no English referees at the World Cup in 2018 in Russia was because none of us knew how to use VAR. VAR has been implemented in Italy for years. How much of a farce is Serie A? How are we going to get used to watching VAR? The worst, the worst thing for me is that the crowd reactions are almost like nullified with VAR. Mm. There's, not, there's no better feeling than when you, when you were 60,000 people watching a football game and something goes in and then you're going mad and then one minute later, oh, actually, no, still no, still no, no. Yeah. That's, it's rubbish. It's I, I think, game. And this I is think the, that element, the, the fan element, and it is a concern that if you're in a stadium watching a game, it does take away, you don't know when, when you can celebrate, you don't know if you can celebrate. That's kind of the way the game's going anyway. The match-going fans are so unimportant it compared to the ones It shouldn't be, though. You shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't just be, accept that. But that yeah. is happening. What bothers me most about VAR, and we saw it at the weekend in the World Cup final, is that it's not 
helping decisions get <laughs> it's not getting more decisions right there was well, it's a penalty still subjective de- isn't it exactly there was a penalty decision and I was watching the replay going never a penalty never a penalty it was given as a penalty and that's the problem it's mm. still subjective the rules don't work when implemented with VAR and as this, you say going back to the comments that were made um, that you were just talking about there this is the problem with it football is the universal game they call it don't they the beautiful game or whatever Everyone knows the rules of football. If the ball's over the line, it's a goal or a throw-in or a corner or everyone knows the rules. VAR, it's going to be introduced in the Premier League in a certain way, which has been described. It's not going to be microscopic like I was talking about. They're going to use it more sparingly. I can't remember the exact words that you just said. But not going to re-ref games. Not going to re-ref phrase, games. Which okay. doesn't mean anything. Perfect. Does it? So what happens when these English players playing week in, week out, get used to VAR being used in this way, then they play against Barcelona in the Champions League and VAR's used differently. There's yeah. always been some discrepancy, of course, hasn't there, between of, of course, Premier League and European refereeing anyway? Yeah, the way that referees uh, see the game in different countries around the world is always going to be slightly different, but the rules of football are fundamentally the same. This is such a big sea change in the rules of the game mm. that it's going to be totally different. I mean, it's going to be like watching two different disciplines. It's like cricket, watching one day international 2020. Mm. Well, it's, it's the same game, but they're two different disciplines. And it's going to be the same watching the Premier League and, that, and watching the Champions and League that has to because get of VAR. More pronounced because the rules have to change as you say if your bootlace is offside that <laughs> should not be offside no. that is not a goal scoring advantage so it shouldn't be in the rules it it's has like, to be a proper advantage so they the rules say, need rewriting they used to say daylight didn't they yeah. do you know what also is a travesty if you look at the VAR room where they all are the VAR referees they're all in full kit I know, I know. <laughs> they're sat in a studio put your jeans on <laughs> get them hush puppies on <laughs> do you know bit. I'd appreciate it more if it was a little bit like goggle box <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You said a load of them on the sofa, yeah. eating a curry, going few bottles, oh, offside. Few bottles, offside. Of, few bottles of Corona. Should yeah. we give that off? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, should, yeah, we, yeah. should we mess right. them up? Yeah. We better get off this podcast because I need to get on the phone to the FA to suggest that change immediately and we can <laughs> plug. Right, thank you very much for listening to Premier League Daily. There'll be another one of these podcasts soon and like I say, it will be here every single day during the Premier League season. It is the fastest, quickest way to get the latest Premier League news on a podcast. It's the only daily Premier League podcast and we'll see you next time. Come on the Sharks! <laughs> Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. The Manchester Football Social is evolving. You'll still be able to get all the latest opinions and news on Manchester United and City. But now as part of a daily Premier League podcast. All the big stories, gossip, laughs and highlights from the biggest league in the world. Discussed by real, passionate football fans. And no footballing dinosaurs. You can join the evolution by searching Sports Social wherever you find your podcasts and hitting subscribe. And now find us on your Amazon smart speaker. Just say, Alexa, enable Sports Social for daily news updates on your team. Sports Social, a voice for fans. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.